Welcome to this episode of Woman to Woman podcast series. Our guest today is Danielle Kobo. She is known for her out of box thinking that takes an innovative and strategic approach to enhancing women's personal brands and achieving long-term career goals. Danielle earned a Bachelor of Arts in Communications with a minor in Psychology from California State University, Fullerton. With over 14 years in medical sales experience, including seven years as a senior sales leader for a medical aesthetic Fortune 500 company, Danielle mastered interviewing techniques to uncover top talent, accelerated onboarding, built cohesive teams and developed personal branding for career success. She is a published author, including The Power of Promotion, Use a Strategic Approach to Discounts, and Welcome, 10 Strategic and Fun Ways to Integrate the Newest Addition to Your Teams. Danielle is a devoted wife, military spouse, mother of twin boys, and mental health advocate. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to our show. We're so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here as well. So you have a very unique coaching that you do right now with women. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. So what really got you into coaching specifically for women and not, you know, broader? That's a great question. And I think you know, initially going into career coaching, I was going broad. And then what I found is I really enjoyed working with women. There, there's one, and one of the reasons why is because as women, we put limiting beliefs on us, whether it's something we've told ourselves um, in the past or something that somebody else has told us, they've projected their insecurities on us. And I found that when you can get to the root of those limiting beliefs and you can really understand what's holding you back, then the sky's the limit. It is absolutely the limit. A lot of what building a career plan is, is confidence in what your abilities are. And I just found that working with women, you really get to open up your heart, be vulnerable, be humble, be authentic. And that's rare. than what you see in corporate world. You really don't see a lot of that. Women, we are, you know, we're scared to be vulnerable because we might be viewed as weak. And that's completely the opposite. And so I want to help women break that, break that barrier. So you were in corporate job, as you uh, mentioned just now. Mm-hmm. How was that? And, um, you know, how, how did that transition happen from corporate world to doing it on your own? Yeah. Um, so I was in corporate America for 14 years. Um, most recently, I spent the past seven years as a senior region manager for a Fortune 500 company. I thoroughly enjoyed what I do, what I did. It was a lot of fun. I had, I gained a lot of experience through those seven years and I grew a lot. I found that over the past three years, I kept going for jobs, but I was going for them for the wrong reasons. I thought that what I wanted was, I was going for them because I wanted better work-life balance. It wasn't necessarily for, you know, the role that I wanted to step into. When I decided to leave the company that I was with, it was a very hard decision. I am a doer, I'm a goer. And so it took me some time to learn to like be still for a moment and be present. You know, the previous year, my husband was deployed. I had two-year-old twins. And I was traveling 60% of the year. This gave me the opportunity to really spend time with my family, which was needed, and really just open my eyes to what I want to do, what what in the heart 
Like, what am I passionate about doing? One of the responsibilities and roles that I loved about being a leader is I loved partnering with people on my team and building a career plan with them and helping them every step of the way and seeing them get promoted. To me, earning region manager of the year was great. That was, you know, a lot of fun, went on this fabulous trip. That was a reflection of my team and their hard work. And helping members of my team get promoted, that's how I measured like my leadership. That's that's amazing though. Manager of the year, that's not easy. So everybody in your team kind of thought that they really owed it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that you took something that really you were passionate about and you saw you had a huge impact mm-hmm. and you had the courage to go out on your own because that's not easy either. There's a huge opportunity cost. Absolutely. You know, I left corporate America, which was a steady paycheck. You're used to making six figures and, and you've got stock options and you've got healthcare, a company car. I mean, you have everything. And I, I fought this for a very long time. I was scared to be an entrepreneur. I was scared to step out on my own. I knew I had the drive and the passion. I never doubt myself with that. I know how driven I am, but I was scared to take risks. Again, it's those own limiting beliefs. And I've really had to push through and I'm still pushing through every single day. And there's days that I am on fire and I'm so excited. And there's days where I am, I'm in a rut and I acknowledge it and I own it. And I just go, okay, why, like, why am I in a rut? What's holding me back? What am I telling myself that I shouldn't be telling myself? And, um, it is a work in progress and I take it day by day. And I think as women, you should really celebrate just each milestone because we're constantly evolving. You mentioned, you know, you were looking more for work-life balance at the time. And you also mentioned you had um, little boys, twins. Mm -hmm. A lot of women hesitate, go out on their own. There's this whole work-life balance. You have set number of hours in a job Mm -hmm. versus on your own. It's like 24-7, you're trying to establish yourself. And you did that right, right when you had the kids. How did that work out? What were some of the things that really worked for you and helped you get through that time? As an entrepreneur, I earned, I learned early on that you can go, 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 go. Like there's always something to do, but are we being purposeful with our time? One of the reasons why I wanted to be an entrepreneur is I wanted to be present with my kids. I wanted to be home more. I wanted to be part of, you know, raising these two amazing boys into men. I, if I am not taking time to take care of myself first, I have to take care of myself first. You have to put the oxygen mask on first and then be able to take care of my kids and be present in that moment. Then why are we working? Are we, are we living to work or work to live? And I really have to, and and I have to every single day work towards this. I have to be intentional with my time. It's easy to fill your day with busy work. It's easy to fill your day with non-productive activities. And so now I've learned over the years, I block certain days for certain activities. You know, if I'm going to be coaching one day and the next day I'm going to be taking um, coaching calls and and helping, you know, incoming clients, or if I'm going to be working with my VIP clients, I really, you know, block out certain times so that I can be a hundred percent present. And my mind is on that same mentality throughout that day. Great advice. One other thing we had talked earlier, you are a military wife. I am. You had to move quite a bit. Mm -hmm. 
And that comes with its own challenges. Can you talk about a little bit about that? Oh, yes. And, you know, this is an interesting story because when my husband and I were dating, you know, he talked about being in the military. He was, you know, in his 30s. He owned his own business. He had just graduated with his MBA. I mean, my husband is is smart, smart, smart man. And he was like, I'm going to join the military. And at first I was very supportive of him until he proposed. And the week after he proposed, I sat down with him and I said, I don't know if I can do this. I've been in my career for 10 years. I've purchased a house in Orange County, California, beautiful place. I have worked so hard to establish myself and where I'm at and to join the military and have us move around. I, I don't, I'm not willing to take that risk. And I said, if you don't want to get married, I understand. I'm the one that's changing the dynamics of this. You know, I said I would support you and now I'm not. He said, nope, I want to marry you. I love you no matter what. Obviously he was disappointed. Fast forward eight months later, my husband was still, you know, owned his business and he would come home every day and I could just tell he wasn't happy. He was chasing something that he wasn't passionate about. And so we sat down one night and I said, you know what? Don't let my fears hold you back from what you want to do. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And we don't know what five years in now is going to bring. And this is something I have to remind myself again, too, because eight months after we got married, he um, went to basic training. So here he is, a 32-year-old man going through basic training with 18-year-olds. And, you know, he was gone for six months. I was only able to talk to him three times on the phone. It was really hard. It was our first year of our marriage. Um, I, we missed our one year anniversary. We've been married like eight years now. We've only spent three anniversaries together. It's kind of like a joke, you know, and then we moved to Alabama and then we've moved to Florida. And I remember distinctly, there was a time where my husband was going to go to flight school. He's a Blackhawk pilot and flight school was in Alabama. And so it was only a year and a half. And I said, well, I'll stay in California because this is where my job is. And, you know, you'll live in Alabama and we'll just do it for a year and a half. Not ideal, but it's just part of the part of where our life is right now. A month before he was supposed to go, our company went through restructuring. My VP of sales called me and he says, the Southeast region manager just, you know, left the organization. Do you want to move to Florida? And I said, well, yeah, that'd be awesome. But, you know, my husband lives in Alabama. So yeah, it's a six hour drive versus a six hour flight, which is great. But, you know... I would still be doing a a long commute. He's like, well, why don't you live in Alabama? I said, okay, so wait, I'm going to live in a, in Alabama, which is an extremely small town where the next Starbucks is an hour away. (laughs) You know, I'm going to, I'm going to work in Florida. Like that, that doesn't make sense. And he said, he, and he said, you don't know when he's done with flight school, you don't know if he's going to be deployed. He could come back And he can be back in California or he can come back and deploy right away. And so he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Live in the moment because that's the days that you can count on is the days that you have today. And so again, I had to like really push through and I had to say, okay, I'm going to move to Alabama. I went from Orange County, California, where I'd been for 30 years and I moved to Alabama and I commuted every week, Monday through Thursday to the Southeast, five states within the Southeast. Yeah, it was a lot. I was, you know, working a lot and he was in flight school and it was definitely a crazy busy time. But again, it really just 
shows you that you can't let your fears hold you back from what you want to do and where you want to be. Because I'm so glad that he joined the military. I'm so glad that we moved to Alabama and now Florida. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't take those risks. And I think that was great advice. Live in the moment. Instead of trying to make something up in the future, every day is important. So going back to your childhood, mm-hmm. that wasn't a piece of cake either. No, my childhood, it was, it was difficult. I grew up with a mother that was suffered from bipolar disorder. I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad until I was 15 years old. There's aspects about my mom that I really admire, respect, and love about her. She was a single mom. She went back to college. She, you know, had a thriving career in medical sales. Like I've followed in those footsteps. She was driven. She was passionate. And those are the qualities I really loved about her. And I respect, and I will always respect about her. And at the same time, there was a lot of manipulation in my upbringing. And it got to a point where it was really hard for me to be home at at my house, with my mom, because There was so much manipulation. I ended up finding out later in life that like my mom moved us away from my dad and didn't tell him where I was. You know, I grew up thinking that I grew up thinking that he chose another family. And the reality is, it's like she moved us away from him. I could have had a relationship with him and he wanted that. And, you know, as I started to gain more and more independence, you know, getting into the teenage years, my mom then tried to really manipulate things to have control. And at 17 years old, I was a senior in high school. I had already been working. I started working full-time when I was um, 16. So I went to school in the after, you know, in the mornings and I went straight to work from one to nine and I was working a full-time job. And then when I was 17 years old, I moved out of my mom's house. Every, I had all my clothes in four trash bags. So there's these big white trash bags that have all my clothes shoved in them. And every two weeks I would stay at a different person's house. So like my friends would, my friends and their families would open the doors and let me be a part of their family for two weeks. And then I would rotate to the next family. I didn't want to like overstay my welcome. And I did that for the second half of my senior year. And it was because I wanted to graduate from the same school that I'd gone for the past, you know, four years. So, and then from there, Um, you know, went to college and and got to where I'm at today. That's incredible. Congratulations, by the way, like it's, it's not easy. Mm -mm. And what kept you going like through all of this? I firmly believe that you should really embrace life's challenges because the challenges that we go through in life, they shape us into who we are today. When my perseverance, my drive, I'm going to go after it mentality comes from the challenges I've had to overcome every step of the way. When I was 16 and I started working full-time, I wanted independence. I wanted to be able to make choices in my life and not be held back by manipulation. And I think that was really the driving force for where I'm at today is earning money and, and earning a certain salary gives me security and it gives me freedom, freedom to make the choices that I want to make. And so that is really like what motivated me to work at such an early age. And that must have been challenging too, like studying in the morning, then working eight hours. Like even at this age, sometimes when you put in your eight hours solid and you mentioned earlier, you know, that was in retail. So it's not as if, you know, just sit behind a desk and nobody notices you. It's like you're out there eight hours on your feet. How was that at that age when your friends were like partying out, doing other stuff? 
you were like working eight hours a day? You know, I think the hardest was actually in college because in college I would go to school Mondays and Wednesdays from um, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And then the other days I would have a day job and then I would have a night job and I had one day off a week, one day. And I made sure I used that day to do something fun and exciting. You have to be very strategic with your time because time is our most valuable asset. I wouldn't say I had like the best of grades. I definitely had good grades, but I was just trying to survive and graduate college. I remember in college saying, I can't wait to graduate so that I can just work. Because here I am working full-time and going to school. And all I wanted to do was just have a you know better balance in my life and just work. That's all I wanted to do. And, and, and that was probably one of the most challenging times of my life is, is trying to juggle all of that. And you mentioned, you know, you had some really good friends who really opened up their doors, their hearts to you. How has that been? Like, did you have a very close-knit friend group, support group that really through your years has stayed intact even today? That's a good question because I believe that our friends change as we evolve. I do have friends that I've known from my very, very early years that I'm very close with. And the reason why we are still close today is because we have an understanding of each other. We have gone through the same challenges. So one of my best, best friends that I've had forever, she also grew up in a situation where it was difficult at home with her mom and, you know, wasn't, her dad wasn't around a lot. And it's those, when you are able to be vulnerable and authentic with somebody, it's a deeper connection. And it's those deep connections that go through our lifetime. The surface level friendships that I've had, they evolve as like, I change as my career changes. You know, I'm with a company. I've got all these friends with the company. And then the minute I leave the company, I don't hear from as much of them anymore. But it's the ones where you really feel like you could be yourself and be authentic and, and trust that person. Those are the relationships that carry on for a lifetime. Any big fears that you had <laughs> that you overcame? Yes. So I know people may not think this, but I was terrified of public speaking. I mean, literally terrified. So I remember my first you know, job in copier sales. And I was asked to present. Everybody had to present the new features of this copier. I didn't want to do it. I said, no, I don't want to do it. And it got to the point where like my manager got stern with me. And first off, I was raised by a single mom. So when a male figure gets, has that stern voice with me, it just, it just, you know, creates this fear inside of me just naturally. I remember walking away and like literally crying. I was, I, I was like, wait, why? You know, here I am and I'm, I've been successful and I, I know I'm good at what I'm doing, but like, I can't present a, a copier. And so from that day on, I said, I'm going to work towards getting good at public speaking. So I've signed up for every opportunity, you know, that I can. So I, it's whether I'm presenting at region meetings or I'm presenting special projects. Two years ago, I presented in front of 1500 people. Here's the thing, all my peers too, it's always scarier presenting in front of your peers because you know these people. So I presented in front of 1500 people, VPs of our company, everybody. And now today I'm doing podcasts. I'm starting a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast. So you, again, you have to step outside your comfort zone and 
you know, it, and it's still hard, right? I still get nervous. I still get little sweaty hands, but you know, it's, it's something that you work towards every day. That's awesome. From a fear to presenting to 1500 people to your own podcast, that's incredible journey. Yeah, my, my goal, you know, I put on my vision board this year, my goal is to do a TED talk. I really want to do a TED talk. And I've, I've got a story to share and I want to. I think that would be a great TED talk. We would be <laughs> listening for that. Were there certain people that you really looked up to as either mentors or role models? So I really believe that it's good to have a variety of different people as your mentors. I always try to level up. I always try to say, okay, where am I today? Where do I want to be? And who's in that position that I want to be in? Like, where, what are they doing? And so I've always had mentors within the company that I was currently working for. So I had mentors in that company. And then I always had outside mentors, you know, people that also had those same goals and drive and, you know, fast forward their 10, 20 years ahead of me. And how did they get there? Like, what did they do? I'm always curious to find out where were you and how did you get to where you're at today? Always curious from that. And, you know, I have mentors in, in every different aspect of my life and different people that I go to for different things. And, and it's good to have those relationships. I think everybody should surround themselves with mentors. So now looking back where you are, would you have chosen a different path to get where you are today? Or you would not change anything? I wouldn't change anything. I really wouldn't. Through every, every struggle that I've had, every challenge that I've had, as hard as it is at that moment, because I'm a doer, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go-getter, I want to set a goal, you know, work towards it and achieve the goal. And sometimes in life, you know, you really have to be patient and trust yourself and trust the timing and it will come forward eventually. It just may not be in the time that you have. And there's a purpose for that. You know, I'll say, for example, I tried to have kids while we were in Alabama, like we were struggling. I couldn't, you know, I, I, couldn't conceive. I, I was devastated, we, you know, and at the same time, that would have been the worst time to have kids. <laughs> you know, I'm on a plane every single week. My husband's in flight school. It's the worst time. And then the minute we moved to Florida, we've got better balance in our lives. Um, my in-laws were able to move out with, you know, out here with us. It all comes together when it's meant to come together. And that's when we, you know, I got pregnant with two beautiful, amazing boys that I love so much. Congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> Did you explore any other fields? I know you had said, you know, you were very into pharmaceutical sales from the beginning because your mother was in that field. Mm -hmm. But did you by any chance explore any other fields? You know, I kind of, I kind of wanted to be a realtor. Like that was something that was fun because I love looking at homes and, and just the, the differences of the homes. And then I said, well, I don't want to work the weekends because I don't want to do open houses on the weekends. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had that idea and then I stopped that idea. Again, I really respected aspects about my mom, like some of the characteristics that she had. And I saw her business thrive and her career thrive over the years. And so as soon as I graduated college, I, I knew that there was kind of four industries I needed to be in to get into uh, medical sales. And it was either, you know, enterprise rental car, copier sales, or um, ADP, you know, like your standard, you got to go get your grit, you know, you got to, you got to start somewhere. So I did copier sales for six months. And I said, I'm done. <laughs> like, 
I don't, I, no, I don't need that year. I don't need the two years experience. I've been working since I was 16 years old. Like I know what I'm capable of. And so after six months of copier sales, I stepped into capital equipment for a, a very respected dental company. Um, and then from there, you know, worked for a, a fortune 500 medical company. So no, I mean, I kind of always knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do today. <laughs> I didn't know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's taken some time, but I, I'm glad that um, I'm, I'm where I'm at today. So you've worked with a lot of women. Actually, you work with women, coaching them to ask for what's rightfully theirs, to have the self-confidence. Do you see certain traits that you feel that we as women have that we should try to get rid of? And what would you recommend instead that we work on acquiring as skills? Oh, that's a great question. And, and yes, I, I hear commonality. And it's, it's, again, it always goes back to those limiting beliefs that we have. And a lot of times I'll hear, I don't have industry experience or you know, I was speaking to somebody the other day and they said, well, I'm, I'm 45. I'm too old. I'm like, wait, wait, what? When you, retirement's 67. What are you talking about? You're too old. You still have 20 more years in your career. She's like, oh yeah. Well, yeah. You know, or you don't have industry experience. You can, you can learn products. You can learn the industry. What you can't teach somebody is to wake up every single morning and have the drive and motivation and passion to pursue their goals. So the things that we tell ourselves, that's what's preventing us from stepping into our dream job. We are our worst enemies. And the minute we can feel confident in what we're capable of doing, the sky is the limit. We always try to think, are we good enough? Whether it be industry experience, domain experience, how do you think we should start looking at things? Because a lot of times there is a difference on how men look at things versus women look at things, right? There's a whole book on it. Yeah, there's lots of books on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of books. But is there a little bit of change of perspective that you think would help us look at, especially new job opportunities? Because one thing that we find out is the pandemic really disproportionately affected women yeah, than men. So soon enough, they'll all be going back into jobs. Maybe not the industries. If you were in entertainment, that may not be where you're going back. Mm-hmm. So how, they, how can they really change that perspective? How can they start looking at opportunities that they might still want to do and might be great at? Mm-hmm. They just don't realize it. I would say the best thing to do is I have them write down, like, what, what are you telling yourself that's preventing you from doing what you want to do? Write them all down. Acknowledge it. Recognize it. And then with each one, we need to shift the mindset. So if you think that you're too old, no, I, you still have 20 more years in your career. If you think you don't have industry experience, no, you can learn industry. Like you have the intangible characteristics that hiring managers want. We have to shift, shift our mindset as well as when we're in those positions and we want to level up in our career, we've got to speak up. The reason why women have a really hard time with moving up is because we doubt ourselves and we hold ourselves back and we, you know, are kind of scared to speak up. Men don't have that problem. Men know what they want. They speak up. They have no problem, you know, and women need to do the same. You need to be confident within yourself because if you're confident within yourself, then you'll fill the room with that confidence. You know, I was talking, talking to my three-year-old the other day, you know, I noticed his head was down and I'm like, no, don't walk with your head down. He's like, walk with your head up. And he's like, why mommy? 
like, because when your head's up, you can see the world. When your head's down, you see nothing. We've got to put our heads up. We've got to, you know, believe in ourselves. We need to have confidence and we need to speak up. We need to be present. Were there instances where you kind of faced typical perceptions or you were not heard or put down by other people? You now in hindsight think, oh my God, I could have done things different and in a better way address that situation. Yes, absolutely. So I noticed, um, I'm, you know, I with the I was with the last company for seven years and it wasn't until I left the organization where I realized, wow, I wasn't happy. You know, I was doing the, I was doing things and I was, you know, I was making progress and, and I, you know, thought I was happy. And then the reality is that company was so focused on development, development, development. And I was like, well, yeah, I want to develop. I want to develop, you know, I'll take every development class that you have out there. However, they lost the sight of building confidence. You can develop people. You need to, you need to also lift them up and support them and, and tell them how great they are, you know, highlight their strengths. Because what started to happen is I started to lose my confidence. I started to be very insecure. I had other people that had insecurities that were project, they were projecting onto me. And then I was projecting them onto myself. You know, once I've stepped outside of that, I realized like, wow, I wasn't towards the end you know, I was leading my team, but I wasn't leading my team in the same way because if I wasn't confident myself, they couldn't be confident in them. And I needed to own where the vision that I had and, and, and translate that vision to reality with my team. But if you don't have it within you, your whole team's going to be affected. Yeah. It opened my eyes to a lot. So if now you have to do this as part of your company and you grow at some point, what are some of the key things you would focus as the leader of your own company? Yeah, I do. And I think first and foremost, what I, when I'm building this company, I need to always remember and be grounded in what were the two things that I wanted to do with achieving this company. I wanted to be present with my family, take care of me. And I wanted to make a positive impact with other women. So in order, I, oh, I strongly believe in order to help others, you have to put the oxygen mask on first. So the first thing I do wake in, when I wake up in the morning is, you know, I listen to an inspiring podcast. I do my devotional. I will work out. I'll enjoy breakfast with my kids. And then I will be very purposeful with my time throughout the day. So that then I can enjoy the evening with my kids. A lot of times when I'm working with women, it's getting grounded in like what you want. Why do you wake up every morning? And, and are you taking care of yourself? And are you happy? And that's the impact that I'm making on these women. So you also mentioned, you know, you're very purposeful with your time. Mm-hmm. And you want it to be present with your family. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things people can do to have that perfect work-life balance? One is definitely mindfulness, as you mentioned. Anything else? <laughs> So I would say there's days that you're really good at it. And then there's days that you're not. And you know what? And that's okay. Like we're not perfect. It's going to evolve over time. Um, I think the biggest thing when it comes to having balance in your life is creating boundaries. Boundaries are very, very important. So you can't be everything to everybody. You have to be okay in saying yes. And I'll be able to do it at this time. If that doesn't work for you, then maybe I can put you in touch with somebody else that can help you immediately. You have to be okay with setting boundaries. And so as well as 
you know, I try my best when I'm with my kids, I put my cell phone in the other room, my cell phone's in the other room, because if it's, it's, if it's near me, and it's, you know, chirping, it's too easy to get distracted and like, oh, I want who message me. But if I put it in my in the other room, I'm 100% present with my family. I also put do not disturb on my phone. So my phone's silent between certain hours. And and those are just little tweaks like that that can make a big impact. Do not disturb. That's <laughs> we all have it, right? We all have it on our phones. Yeah. And when I was when I was a leader, one of the things I did is, you know, I needed to practice what I was preaching with my team. And if I'm constantly sending them emails after hours, like what message am I sending to my team? So what I would do is if I chose to work at night while I was on the road, then what I would do is I would delay delivery that email to the next morning. So I was working, but I didn't want my team feeling that pressure of like they needed to work. That's their family time. They shouldn't hear dings on their phone. So it's it's little things like that that can make a big impact. All of the tips you gave, really good ones. Yeah. So last year we were all home. We're still home, most of us. Eventually going back. How has that been for you? And any learnings there? Oh, I COVID has completely changed my perspective. I've learned a lot and I'm still learning through it. You need to schedule time for yourself. And whether it's you know, reading your devotional, working out, you know, make sure you go to your doctor's appointments, don't push them off. So that was one thing that I I learned. I've also learned, you know, we're a year into this pandemic, and I really miss traveling in the aspect of, you know, I don't miss traveling on the road all the time. And, you know, staying in a hotel is like, I want to do purposeful travel. And I miss social interaction. So my husband and I were talking last night, and I said, here's what we're going to do one day on the weekend, Every week, we're going to choose a different place to go. It's driving within an hour, two hours, not anywhere crazy. Cause you know, we can't get on, I can't go to a lot of places, but I said, we're just going to explore Florida. We haven't really gone out and explore Florida. Like, let's go see this amazing state that we moved to. And we're going to push ourselves outside our comfort zone. And we're going to go to different areas and experience life because it's easy to get caught in the rut. It's easy to sit at home. It's easy to sit and watch TV and Netflix for four hours. That's easy. Why, why are we wasting our time? That's so, so true. Do I, I just read someplace um, after COVID, all of these local little, you know, nooks that nobody had explored. Suddenly everybody was trying to find places where you won't have a lot of crowds. Yeah. So they were like local tourism, micro tourism has gone yeah. up. That's great to hear. You plan to do the same in Florida, but that's a beautiful state, beautiful yeah. weather. I'm very fortunate. I, and I recognize that, you know, coming from California to Florida, I live in a very beautiful area. Um, but yeah, you're right. We were getting creative. Like we, we did a drive through safari one day. Um, that was a lot of fun. You know, we're going to be going to an air, you know, an air show this weekend. My, my husband's actually flying in an air show. So we're going to take the kids out there and the following week, we're going to go explore some new beach. I have to go out of my comfort zone. It's easy to get caught up and, you know, just sitting at home, but I don't want to. So in closing, any last comments for the women that are out there really take some time. I, I, I know whether you meditate or don't meditate, but really take an hour of time and sit down and say, what do I want to do? What is it in my heart that I really want to do? Is it, you know, that, that job, is it, you know, a different company? Is it, you want to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is, what do you want to do? What's, and then write down what's holding you back from doing that and how you're going to shift the way that you think. And then also 
how you're going to make yourself a priority. Because if you start doing that, it's going to change your life. Daniel, you're so inspiring. Your perseverance, I've never seen anybody with that kind of perseverance. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, Awesome conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I think all our listeners would have learned a lot from this. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was an honor to be on here. So I'm, I'm so appreciative.